Good morning, Victor. Good morning, Danny. From Nigeria. 
and uh, he actually sent me this song. So <coughs> what did we just listen to, Victor? Uh, yeah, uh, the title of the song is uh, Osandu, and it's uh, by Cavemen. Uh, yeah, they're like these really cool guys. So we used to have like traditional Nigerian music like from the past, and it was kind of like with the new giants, like Afrobeat being really big, it was kind of fading out, but these guys, they kind of brought it back. Uh, so it's more they're trying to bring back traditional Nigerian music and still trying to keep it a bit funky and also so nice and it's doing really well. It's so big back home and mm. yeah, they're really cool, they're really amazing. Yeah. You said uh, on the way here that you grew up around instruments, uh, but you don't know how to read sheet music. So how, <laughs> how, how did that happen? What was the story there? And we should also a little bit talk about like, um, where in Nigeria are you from? Because Nigeria is a giant country, it's huge. one of the you know, fastest growing populations. Mm -hmm. Also, as far as I know, one of the districts in Lagos is now one of the most densely populated yes. places in the world, like on par with like areas of Hong Kong. Yes. You have like 15, 20,000 people within a square kilometer living together. So, so where and you know, the north is very different from the south of Nigeria. So which, uh, which region are you from or where? Just help us put you on the map a little bit. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from the south. So in Nigeria, we have like states. Uh, so I'm from Delta State, which is uh, in the south part of Nigeria. Um, yeah, so I was born there. I grew up there. And then I was just, so I, I, I schooled away from home a lot of times. From high school, I was already like in the boarding school. So, but that was like where I was living. But then after uni, I, I moved to Lagos, which is where everyone goes to find life after school. So grew up on the south. After uni, I moved permanently to Lagos, and then I was staying in Lagos until I moved to Hungary. And yes, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Like, hmm. uh, what, what size of uh, what size of a town or city did you? Because Lagos is one of the biggest cities in yes. the world, yes. and you know it's it comes with all of its uh, pros and cons of being a giant city that yes. is as far I, I did a little bit of I'm gonna air quotes research because it wasn't real research I watched mm -hmm. I tried reading and watched a few videos on YouTube but um, it seems like it's a town that is growing so fast a city that is growing so fast that it's it cannot catch up with the amount of people who are coming in sure. so there's a lot of lack of infrastructure that actually other mega cities struggle with as well but here the growth is so big it's growing so fast that yes. there's there's no you cannot pave the roads fast enough for people to go in there. Like, um, was the decision for you to move there just because everyone in Nigeria does that because it's the place to you know move ahead? Mm -hmm. And where did where where you came from? Was it was it also similarly like a like a city or mm -hmm. how like the boarding school? Mm -hmm. How did that look like? Oh uh, yeah, so um, so I grew up. I'm from a really small town, uh, maybe like. Um, I think maybe 50,000 people. Yeah, so it's a really small town of like 50,000 people and that's where I pretty grew up. Then my high school was still in a similar town. It was like 10 minutes away from the town I grew up. So it was like in the same regional county. So it was similar kind of life. So even high school when I moved to a different town, a different town for high school was similar. Um, and it's really different from Lagos. Lagos is like crazy, like it was like city, like really busy and everything. But what kind of like helped me, what prepared me for Lagos was where I went for uni. So I went for uni in Enugu State. So in Nigeria, when 
So there are like these really cool places. So when you ask me of like, okay, tell me cool places in Nigeria to visit, uh, Lagos is one of them, and Enugu is one of them too. So um, Nigeria is more of like, yeah, we have some touristic places, but it's more of like the way of life. So like the music, the food, the culture, and when it comes to to, to city life, it's more of like where you can go out, like to have a good dinner or have like a good chill time. So like the sports, right? And Lagos has like a lot of great sports. And Enugu, where I went to uni, has like it's very it's very similar to Lagos, except that it's less stressful. So if you want to have like a good time in Nigeria, you go to Lagos, and if you want to have a good time in Nigeria too, you can go to Enugu. But people like Enugu because you can get everything you get in Lagos in Enugu, but then it's less people, less traffic, so the life there is easier than in Lagos. But of course, Lagos still has like a lot of jobs. So Lagos was the old capital until 1991. Then the capital was moved from Lagos to Abuja, so most of the infrastructure, most of like the jobs, uh, I would say like so around Nigeria, uh, most of like the jobs, the IT jobs, the they are like common jobs. So the most common jobs you have around the country are like the banking, like the banks everywhere, and then the government jobs. But if you want to like get like uh, working, for example. Uh, an IT company, then it's Lagos because that's where they have, that's where it has like most of the different jobs. So people move to Lagos to find life after school. So that's why I moved as well. So it was more like that's where there are more opportunities. So it's just like a common thing to do the like after school, then you move to Lagos and you hope to find a job. And When did you first hear about Budapest? Like, because I think there are, there are a few cities that are a bit they have their little cultural placeholders in global culture right so yes. new york city london paris rome like those are places that even if even if you only see them in movies okay. you have some kind of preconception but budapest isn't a place like that budapest usually plays other cities in the movies because it's cheap to shoot films here yes. right so um was do, do you remember the first time like or was it like okay, I'm I'm boarding this plane. I, I have no idea it's where it's gonna land. And oh, Budapest, great! I'm here now. But uh, how how did that look like? Oh yes. Uh, so of course, like I've heard of Hungary, but it's not like the country you hear about like every time. No, like, no, it, in Nigeria. So yeah, if it was people were picking uh, other kids on the playground for the football team, it's not the first five. So like, uh, okay, I pick you, Hungary. Oh yes, yes, and actually from. Like me growing up in Nigeria, uh, we so you know one thing that like brings everyone together are things like the Olympics and f and football. And in Nigeria, we're big on football. Sure. So most of the countries, everyone like even a kid, like a four-year-old kid in Nigeria would know. For example, Brazil, because he watch he, he, he watches football with his parents, and of course, he sees Brazil like every time. Yeah. So. Um, so I so I know Hungary as a country, but I knew Budapest more. So the, the interesting thing is that like, but I didn't like I don't know I, I, just because of like it's not something you hear and talk about every day. So even until when I was coming, I didn't know that Budapest was in Hungary. My bad, but yeah. So but you knew that it existed. You just didn't know it's in this country. Yes, so you didn't yeah. connect that it was. Yeah. So I've, I I think I saw Budapest. I can't remember like the first time actually, but I know I've seen Budapest in movies. And there was this a song by Katy Perry, which I know the video was shot in Budapest. I think it was the fireworks song. Sure. So yeah, so so I knew Budapest as a city. So it was until when I was trying to find a way to, where to do masters abroad, 
my best friend studied here in in the University of Debrecen. So it was like basically back home. I think it's something that's so usually when you think of abroad for studies, usually like either America or the UK or country. This is like the common one where almost everyone is trying to get into. But he told me about Hungary that he's been studying here. He loves it. It's amazing. And then I checked. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Budapest is actually in Hungary. And I was then, yeah, it sparked more interest. And I, I was looking into it. And yeah, that was how the whole uh, moving to Hungary started. And then I was beginning to apply for like, scholarships and all that. And there's a great one, which is the bilateral, which is like uh, this. Uh, so it's called uh, bilateral. So two countries so is like an agreement between Hungary and Nigeria sure. for, for exchange. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone goes to Nigeria, but we come. So I think so. I came through that scholarship scheme actually. Okay, that would be interesting to find someone who actually used the bilateral part and went the, the went, other, went way. The other yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. It, it used to be like that in the past. Where, uh, but yeah, I, I know like back then. People came from like the UK to Nigeria to study, and people went from Nigeria to the UK. I think that was just after the independence, and so there was like this uh, kind of like exchange of students. So there used to be like a lot of foreigners living back home, but yeah, I guess as the country grew, it's dense, like more people, and of course, like things not going as well as it should, should go. It's yeah, with the struggle, so we don't have much of that. Most expats I know that live in Nigeria, uh, they live there for work. But it's hard sure. to see like uh, people just living there for school and all that. Did you did you ever visit any other European country before? Oh, come no, I, my first European was uh, my first European country was Budapest. So I came to Hungary. Sorry, yeah. Hungary, not yeah, Budapest. Yeah, sure. Sorry, Hungary. And the, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, of course, for studying, it's a good opportunity to get outside of, of Nigeria. But is it traditionally? viewed as something brave or is it like natural that okay you move from the small town mm-hmm. then to lagos and then you say okay i've i've seen enough here on to the next one is that a natural progression or is it treated as like oh that person is you know it's either like a sort of bravery or it takes a big decision or are, are people loyal to staying in nigeria how how does it how did your family take it for example oh yes uh so yeah, so right now it's more like um, so it's a brave thing to do. Uh, it wasn't that a big struggle for me since I haven't really like lived home home for a long time. So I've been schooling outside home from like high school. So yeah, but the way it is now, it's more like it's a country of two hundred million people. I don't know how to cut for the, that number of people. So it's more like everyone is just trying to find uh, a, a means like just trying to find uh, uh, a means to like survive or to make up, just trying to make something from your life. So that's why, so it starts from you finish school, you go to the city and hope to get a job, which is my story. Uh, I did some, I think I did the teaching job and at some point I was working for like this small sound engineering company where we helped to like maybe fix sound issues in clubs and also like we have like big concerts, like those guys that helped carry speakers and fix sure. them up. Yeah. So that's the thing. So, but after a while, you still like, yeah, I hope I to get like a better job. So, in the means of finding a better life, I've gone to like job interviews in Nigeria where they needed like maybe four people. But when I wrote the test, we were like ten thousand people in the hall because these are like the few good jobs and everyone wanted to get in. 
So it gets to the point where you try, you try, you're not getting like that job you really want to get, and you're like, okay, maybe it's time to go somewhere else with more opportunities, and that brings about the abroad thing. So now it's more like, yeah, it's kind of becoming um, a way that like, okay, yeah, if I'm not getting the life, the the quality of life I want here because I'm not getting the job that's going to give me the quality of life, then I should go somewhere where there are more opportunities, and that's why people eventually come abroad. So. Yeah, and yeah, they're like Nigerians everywhere. We have the saying now, we're, we're calling ourselves the new Chinese, and we used to say, if you go anywhere in the world and you don't see one Nigeria there, just leave the place because there's something. Yeah, but like, it was just the same. It's mm -hmm. just the same. Yeah, I know like once even Donald Trump made a joke when he was talking about Nigeria. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Sure, asterisk. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah. So he, so it was more like he went to Alaska and he found just one black person there and he was from Nigeria. <laughs> sure. I mean, what's interesting to me is that um, moving from moving from somewhere that is, you know, you said 50,000 people yes. and then to Lagos, um, did you have, I, 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 can, I cannot even try and, like I grew up in Budapest, which is like a medium sized city. It's, okay. it's okay, you know, it's manageable. If you need to be somewhere at 10 you can get going at like 9:15, and mm. you're pretty much you know that you're going to get there because there's a bus there's a metro i mean if you get into a car in budapest i have you know i'm, I'm sorry for you yeah. uh, especially you know at, during rush hour uh, please try other modes of transportation if you can yes. um but um, am i wrong in assuming that if you have a job interview in Lagos and then you get an address and you say, okay, I have to be there. Um, is, is it the same planning? You just put it into Google Maps and you take a bus or is it, does it take a bit more of a, you know, skill to navigate a town or a city that is so huge but has very you know, little infrastructure to get around? Like, do you, did you ride a motorcycle? How, how do people get around in such a giant city that oh. doesn't have a metro and like, doesn't have all mm -hmm. these types of... Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. That, so back home, it's uh, really popular to buy a car. So it's not like so. Uh, it depends. So like depending on the city, a car could be a luxury or it could be a necessity. Uh, in a city like Lagos, it's a necessity because, of course, there are no other modes of transportation. We have just the bus. At least within the city, we have just buses, uh, which are not even the best because they are still like. Uh, the, they are not great buses, so of course, so the like Lagos is trying not to buy like new buses, but the most common way to move around is by buses. And like you said, the, the biggest challenge in living in Lagos is the traffic because it's a lot of people. So if I have a job interview by, let's say, uh, one p.m. in the afternoon, I leave the house like around maybe eleven. So it takes like a lot more planning, like because you never so, and that's because you don't know how it's out there like even if you check google map it shows you that like oh the road is free you can arrive there in 30. you still have to leave like an hour 30 minutes before because you might just get out and the road just gets blocked yeah and it's yeah it's really interesting so but traffic is the biggest uh uh issue and we have like the saying at home because and that's why it's most interesting the road is just blocked you're there it's barely not moving for like 30 minutes and then it starts moving and then you get to a point there is no more traffic and you're wondering like what happened why were we stuck for 30 minutes and you don't even see what's causing the traffic but maybe 
I guess. So it's a really, really busy and interesting city. Sometimes bus drivers just park on the way and then wait to load passengers and then they cause like a really long traffic. And when you get there, you don't see anything, but it was just like one funny bus driver that was parked on the street and causing traffic on the whole road. Yeah, so yeah, you have the biggest uh, the traffic, but after a while you get used to it. So the new capital is, so the current capital for, like the capital for Nigeria is Abuja, which is a more, the, it's few, it's lesser people. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a modern city and it's more like the seat of government. So they're more like the government jobs. It's usually, yeah. It's similar to uh, <coughs> Brasilia. Like yeah, Brazil has a capital that yes, was built from it, the ground up to be an administrative city. Yes, actually, yes. So Abuja is just like that because Abuja was built from the ground up. So the life it's not as stressful as it is in Lagos. So there's, like when I say stress, I mean traffic because it's really stressful. Sometimes for ten minutes, a trip of ten minutes is spent like an hour thirty minutes. I go to visit Abuja. I stay there um, for like why. Oh, I have like family uh, members who live okay. in Abuja. So like, but did they move there for government jobs or? Oh yeah, uh, my the closest family I have. Yeah, I have like two. My dad's younger siblings, uh, two. My, so my aunties, they both live in Abuja with their families. So yeah, they got jobs there. One used to work for the federal ministry, so they work in the ministries. So so they so they live there. When I go to visit them after the first week, I'm like, dude, I want to leave this place. This place is so boring because I'm used to the Lagos life, the hustle and the bustle. Yeah, and then so we ha we, we have this thing where they like. Victor, you know you're not normal. Like, if you live in Lagos, like, how do you miss that? I'm like, but dude, it's just like I come out here, I don't see anyone. I'm used to coming out to the street and there's people around, there's things, and of course, so I miss the hustle and bustle after a while. So, yeah, it's, it's funny to say, but you get used to it over time. It still stresses you out, but you kind of like know how to deal with it. So going back to a little bit what you mentioned, that uh, you were fixing a club, uh, you know, sound systems, uh, does that mean you were also like, into the you know, Lagos club scene? Did you did you, did you take take part in it? Because I think that's also very different to what uh, what what even Budapest or any you know like European club scene would look like. Because of one thing is like oh there's a party uh, and it's it's you know it's six o'clock uh, rush hour and we need to be there at nine and you mm -hmm. start going and you know you get there by twelve and you know the DJ you like has stopped playing. For one, but but for other, it's like you know the music culture is very. Is it, it's a it's, what I read is there's over 450 dialects that people can sing in in sure. Nigeria. So I don't know if you listen to some song. Of course, if it's from your region, you'll understand the real lyrics. But if they're from somewhere else, it's like oh, this is really cool music. I have no idea what they're singing about. But how does the the Lagos you know club scene look like? Is there like a, because there are some breakout like Nigerian performers who yes. like make it big. Yes. But I guess in a city that huge, there have to be like, you know, thousands and thousands of performers. And like, I don't know about how many clubs there are because it's not it's not cheap to have a, a music venue. So but sure, sure. how did it look like? Uh, yes. Um, uh, yeah, the, the general. Yeah. So I did the job. I, I, I tried. I did the job for like two months and I ran out because of like, yeah, it was kind of like um, the club part was cool. So yeah, I've been to the club scene. For the job, I yeah, I worked like I remember like two nights where they had like the sound system down in the middle of the party, and we had to come in to help. People are like booing, like oh, where's the music? Okay, at least it wasn't completely down, but the part of the club wasn't. The speaker stopped working, so that's when they call you, and then you have to go in. So usually I go in with my boss, who 
actually has a company because it was a small company. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. Yeah, for the for the practicing, um, it's yeah. The the environment is different. So back home, we're used to having like these huge, big, fancy parties, like fancy clubhouses, which is like uh, party places. So people want to. It's more like yeah. After oh, 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 after a long week, you want to go somewhere really nice to relax. And that became like a thing. So usually, like the clubhouses are really like new buildings, fancy. So you don't get like that uniqueness where, like in Budapest, you have like different uh, scenes where you could go to like a hip hop and R and B, and then the, the next week you want to go to some something unique like simpler. So we don't have that much options. So it's more like it's like this general thing where like the like fancy uh, uh, music houses where you can go party. So it's like fancy, but the music is kind of similar back home. So for the music. Uh, the most common genre it's like hip hop, R and B, and then Afro beats because it's in Nigeria. So the, it's more like you hear like Afro beat songs mixed with like some hip hop and some R and B. That's like the general one. But being from uh, being like a country like Nigeria, there's always something for everyone. Uh, so it's not a club, but we have like the small gigs or this um, live music. Uh, so usually like pubs and. Uh, Places have like live music, so that's where you can go watch like the the other ones. So we have like uh, people do like 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 cavemen now. The song we just listened to, y you wouldn't hear the song in a party like in a Friday night party, but you can go watch them on, on a Friday night performing in a small uh, pub or something. Yeah, so we still have sure. like, these places. And your relationship to music. Going back to the question I started oh, asking yes, yes, 30 yes, minutes sorry. ago, but oh, yes, yes, I, sorry, I, I, I went into a side that. tangent. Yeah, <laughs> um, you said you grew up around instruments, but yes. uh, but I guess in a in like a like a informal setting, right? Like you didn't yes. you didn't go to music school. It's just uh, how does one grow up around instruments and then you know oh, not yeah. learn sheet music? How does that happen? Oh yes, uh, so I. Grew up, uh, so my parents, so I, I grew up in a very, as a Christian family. So we went to church like every Sunday and even like within the week. There's, there's a point in my life where at least I was in church three days in a week because, mm. you know, the way it is, they have like these weekly activities. So like maybe on Wednesday there's something in church, on Thursday there's something in church, and Sunday. What, what, what kind of activities is like for like a family, like... Aside from you know uh, worship, yes, what yes. what what other activities are? How do they you know mix it up so people keep coming? Right, you need to make it a bit interesting, I guess. Oh yes, oh yes. So so it was all worship, but they had like so on Sunday was like the Sunday service where everyone like does on Sunday people uh, the, the the normal Sunday service. Yeah, I like, imagine it's very similar to what people who go to church here. Have, yeah. You know, you have the pastor or the priest stand yes. out, and then yeah. you know, and then yeah, the talk about the Bible, like sure. singing, and yeah. So then on Tuesday, okay, for my own church back home, the way it was on Tuesday was like Bible study, so it was more like chill. Everyone just comes, sits around, and the pastor just has like a discussion of uh, the Bible with the people. Then on Wednesday was the prayer meeting, so that's the way they tried to make it like different. Oh, from, okay. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, okay. So in my yeah, in so my naive like mind, I was like, okay, so on Tuesday we have like I don't know uh, a jam session for the kids, and you know Thursday we we're baking cookies or something. But it's actually just 
approaching the Bible from three different directions. Okay. Yeah, but there were also those activities too. So for me, like growing up as a young person, so they were like, there was a point like I was, so there were like days where you just go for maybe the choir, the band practice. So that was Saturday for me. And there were days where you go to, you go for like a youth program when it's just like young people coming and talking about like, maybe relationship and all that. So yeah, so there were those infusions as well. And that's why I was, so that, that was about the growing around instruments. So I found myself like being in church almost every day because of these activities. And then people play music. So that was where the music thing started for me. So then I wasn't playing, but every day you come, you see them play. I you stay around the guys, I watch them play. And it's more like this thing where it's a small town, right? And like I said, after a while, the guys are done with high school and they have to go to the university. And people usually go to like universities in different cities. So when they leave, someone else has to step up to play the instrument. So there's a time where the guys before us, they left. So it was like, oh, now these guys are going. Someone needs to step in. And then before they left, I did a lot of watching. I was watching them play. And when they were still there, I would play sometimes, ask them questions. They were like, oh, this is what to do. This is what to do. So it was just like just watching and getting directions. By the time they left, it was, the ball was on our court, so we had to do it somehow. So it was more of like me now trying to play with what I learned. And you know, like, for example, now in a church, someone just starts to sing and then you have to find the key, you have to. So that's how I learned, like the, finding the key and listening. And yeah, so that's how, and when they left, I had to learn on my own. So the way I then learned was listening, listening to like a lot of music, trying to see what the guy played and then I go on my own to a keyboard and I'm trying to do the same, like trying to like find what he did. Sometimes okay, maybe I check the keys on maybe on, on YouTube or something, but I could never reach it. So, mm -hmm. so, so that's how it came about by the watching. And yeah, sure. and then I tried to develop it over time, like into like play maybe like R&B, pop and other things. So. so it's transitioning from a very like community-based, you know, it's... Mm, the church is the little hub of activity yeah. for you back home, and that's where you learn your music. But when you move to to uni, or um, and, and then you go to Lagos, you cannot just you know rock up to a church and say, "Hey, I want to play the keyboard at uh, Sunday prayer." Right? You cannot like, "No, sorry, we already have a yeah. a guy for that." So how do you? So did all? I guess there are guys uh, and girls very, with very similar histories to you who say like, oh, I learned to play music in a church and then you find these people outside your community or how did you keep your, you know, your passion for music alive when you were no longer, you could no longer go to church and play? Mm -hmm. or did you have instruments in your home after a while or how did that go? Oh, yeah, so uh, I think yeah, in Lagos I had like this small keyboard which I used to practice like when I was home. Yeah, like you said, it's really then hard when you move to a different city because it's more like... Yeah, so how we keep it, so how I kept it going was like, and so when I met, when I went to Lagos and I hang out, I meet people and then we talk and so you're trying to like connect people. So it was more of like meeting people out. Like, oh, you played instruments, where do you play? Oh, we usually have like this jam sessions on Friday nights and just come around. And then you come around, you try to show them you play and if they like the way you play, then they invite you. And also uh, what, what we were doing for a while was that, so I had a close friend. So the only instrument I learned was the bass guitar because I literally like asked a close friend of mine who is really good at the bass guitar to teach me how to play. So he still taught me. So that's the one I could actually like know some music. Yeah, and so this guy, so what he does for a living is that he, 
he plays gigs, so you're having like a birthday ceremony, you're having like a wedding and you want a live band. So he owns, he, he doesn't own the live band, he just knows friends and they play together. So, and he's kind of like really famous, so you want to have a birthday uh, party and you want a live band, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know this guy that does this. So that's, so that's what he does for a living. And for a while I did that with him. So that actually helped. So we're going to like birthday, birthday ceremonies, to like weddings and we're playing live band. So that's yeah, that's where that's somehow I kept it going, and that's how like the the jam thing evolved. So I was then jamming a lot with the guys. So they just on Saturday evening we just meet in the studio and then we play together. And uh, when there's an occasion, we can then still play because we already have like a sync and we understand ourselves. Yeah, yeah that was how I kept it going until yeah. I then moved to Hungary. It really stuck with me when you said you had your small keyboard when you moved to Lagos. It it actually kind of. Uh, leans into my the next topic that I'm really curious about is that you said that you know the traffic equals stress uh, in in Lagos, but um, it, do you think uh, the, the the view on personal space is different in in a, in a city like that, or even just in Nigerian culture as a whole? Like, if uh, you w you go to Lagos as someone who you know you're a young person trying to get a better job i guess you cannot you know rent a big flat just for yourself so you have to make uh, compromises on on how your your housing is going to look like mm -hmm. and, uh, how was that for you like trying to find somewhere to stay in Lagos and you were like okay can i bring my keyboard <laughs> do you mind if i practice because i think um budapest does have a problem with housing um but i don't think it's uh, i i mean I don't think it compares to Lagos in terms of of how difficult it is to find something that is like suitable. I don't know how it was for you, or or how how do you see this this uh, topic? Oh yes, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So for me, it was so I, I was lucky. I'm the youngest in my family, so before I moved, my siblings how, moved. How already. many siblings do you have? Oh, I have five siblings. So okay. I have uh, three brothers and two sisters. Okay, so you're the little prince. Yeah, I'm the the. The matured baby. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So when I moved, my siblings were already living in Lagos, so I stayed more with my siblings. Sure. Yeah. But for housing, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's really like hard, especially like so. There are parts of the cities, just like I think every city, there are like the fancy parts. They're like where everyone wants to go sure. because it's more quiet. And so at that part of the city, it keeps opening. Like Lagos, like even right now, just to like extending the city, places where there were nothing because of they have to develop it and people have to like still find places to live and still growing really fast so they keep developing it but like these places were like uh more so that's where like they are close to everything so what you you, you want to stay so if you want to get like a decent apartment you want to stay close to the sea you want to stay close to malls shops you want to stay close to everything so these are that center part of Lagos is where it's hard to find accommodation. But something I really like Lagos for is that there is something for everyone. So if you uh, have, so, so depends on your financial capacity, you can always find something. So mm. you, you won't be in the center, but you find something on the outskirts or in the, not even in Lagos too, but not but away from the center. And you, you, you'd find something at your price, at your price range. Which is kind of cool, because then you can actually be um, more intentional. So if you want to save, if that's something you want to do, 
you know I should go live there because you know that it's a lot less expensive than if I want to live in this other part of the city. Like it's a lot, like you see the difference. So there's always something for everyone and yeah, and that's something I really like about it because like I have friends that live in different parts of the city. So I have friends that used to live here because they wanted to save money, but after a while they're like, no, it's just stressful, like I live in this place and to get to the mall I have to drive for like 20 minutes and I don't want to do that anymore. Then they move, they pay more, but then it's less easier. So yeah, it's... So how was it living in, living with your siblings in the... So, you know, you, you grew up in a household with them and then... <laughs> You do your education and you're like, ah, oh, I'm back, back together with these guys. Or, or was it, I guess, they helped you a lot setting in, in Lagos or um, are they much older than you or you're like evenly spread out? How does that look like? Uh, they, so like my immediate elder uh, sibling, uh, she, that's my sister. The, so the, the, the two girls are before me. So there was like first three boys and then two girls and then I guess maybe my parents wanted to have a balance, maybe three boys, three girls, and I'm like, no, I'm coming out, so I, <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah, the two before me, think the one before me, it's four years older, and the one before her, she's six years older than mm. her. So it's, for them, it was kind of evenly. For everyone, it's like two, three, two, three, I'm sure, the one that sure. had like that yeah. space. But yeah, so like my first, my eldest brother, he's like, years older than me sure so there's this space like it took a while for me and him to like have like this I used to see him like that's someone like really older than me but now we're cool because I'm grown to so. do you yeah. think do you think your sisters have a different experience growing up because they're girls in Nigeria I mean I think in 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 Europe it's very you know in the past five to ten years um, gender equality not only in the eyes of the law but but in all aspects of culture in the workplace etc has been a very topical issue there's okay. been many advancements made but i don't know how it is in in nigeria like if you're a girl in nigeria and mm -hmm. you know you want to i don't know i'm gonna bring a really stereotypical example but you want you want to study engineering right yes do your parents tell you like no you should mm -hmm. you know do things that girls traditionally do because that is an easier path for you in life and if you go to engineering you'll be the only girl in your class and mm. it's going to be you know putting your head against the wind or uh, I mean in your family yes. how how was it or, or how is it like traditionally in Nigeria for, for to be a lady oh yes uh, so generally um, there are still parts of Nigeria where it's still like a big issue uh, I know like there are parts in the Nigeria, so it's still happening and the people are, uh, there are these organizations who uh, support ladies, they are trying to fight, actually like in some parts of Nigeria where, I don't want to mention like particular parties, it's more like some parts of Nigeria where like there's still these uh, ladies where people get married to ladies at 18 and 17 where they're not like, yeah, that's a lady that has like a future, but because of sure. what the culture is like in that part of Nigeria. So generally it's still like an issue. But on a more wider note, so like if you grew up, so for my family now, uh, yeah, we're lucky uh, my parents were ed educated. So in my immediate family, it wasn't an issue. But I guess before them, it was an issue because I didn't remember either of my grannies working, but I knew my granddads worked. So I guess it was late in the past, but somehow, so I grew up in a family. I saw my dad, my dad went to work, my mom went to work. So I guess that kind of like created that thing. and. 
yeah, so, so for my sisters, it wasn't like it was never a thing. So they could study whatever they wanted to study, and they could actually. So it wasn't so it wasn't a thing of like, oh, you're a lady, you have to be in the kitchen. Why do you want to go to school? Mm-hmm. That's not really it. I would say that's not really like a thing anymore. It's only like in the remote parts of Nigeria, like in those parts where like it's still like a strong culture. They don't want to like sure. like break out from that. But in the in any normal town like where I grew up, it's still like a small town of like. 50,000 people. It's not even a thing. Like, I go to, like, everyone. Uh, so, the life back home, let me tell you about the, the, the typical Nigerian life. It's that education is key. So, you, so, you're born, and of course, you have to go to school. You finish school, you get a job, and then you, yeah, and, and then you get a life. That's the only way to get a life. That's changing now, but that's what I grew. So, when I, the, the time I grew, the, the thing was that you just have to, like, Go to school so that you can get a job, and that's the only way you can survive because that's what we do here. That's the way of life here. So everyone just goes to school, uh, and this is changing how. Like, uh, is I mean, this is this this seems pretty straightforward. Yes, pretty yes. universal. I think, and like across the globe. So y- yes, uh, so like everyone just goes to school. So both male and female. So that's the at least the time I grew up. So in my own era, now it's changing in that like. You see parents now registering their kids into sports academies. So, like, a kid is, like, six. The dad sees that he's good in the piano. And then it's like, oh, you. Then they register him for a piano lesson. So they have parents, like, actually taking their kids to, like, the rich ones. They even take their kids to London and then register him maybe, like, in a, in a football academy because they see that he likes playing football and he's good at it. So that's changing now, which is great because it was more... I used to play football a lot. I was really good at playing football. Now I'm bad. And at, at a point in my life, in high school, we were going for school matches. I was playing football, like, literally every day after school. And I thought I was going to be a football. But as at that time, it wasn't an option. It was school or nothing. So my parents were like, no, you have to go to school. Why do you want to play football? And mm. So now, so it's changing, which is kind of good, because like, people can actually get to express themselves. So that's why I, like, I'm a big fan of this new movement where people can then ask questions. Uh, at the point when I was growing up, you couldn't really like stand for what you want because it was just normal. I saw my other ones, they went to school. My parents told them that this is what you have to do and you did what your parents said. But now we are in this generation of people are now, like people can now ask questions and people can actually say, that, oh, this is what I enjoy doing and this is what I want to do. And yeah, so it's changed and it's good to see that even happening back home. If you, you know, this kind of ties into coming to, <laughs> to, to Hungary. Uh, if you told your parents, like, I just want to go abroad and and find a job there, yeah. they would have been less supportive as if you said like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm go- I got the scholarship, I'm, I'm going to study for a master's here. They would have been like, oh, why are you going abroad? Like, you, you know, you should get a job in, in Nigeria because if you go abroad, like, how are you gonna survive? Uh, is, is there always this weighing of survival versus the, the, the potential benefit? of doing something mm-hmm. and like education is like the safe bet so that's why parents always are like mm-hmm. i don't care what you do just study please uh yeah so i i think as at, as at the point where i was coming abroad so for for them uh I, so as at that point in my life i think what they just cared about so what they cared about more was like um you just being okay for yourself like at least you can uh afford to take care of yourself so yeah so it didn't. So what mattered to them is if what I was coming for made sense. So I, I believe if I told my parents that like, oh no, I'm tired of the Lagos stress. I'm like, I can't even get like the kind of job I want. I just want to 
take my bags and just go to Hungary and see what life gives to me. Mm. Yeah, I think they won't, they won't let me live in that case because they're like, dude, you're not making sense. Why would you just take your bag and move to a new country? So they'll be like, what are the plans? What do you want to do? So for them, I'd move to the part where like they want to see that you actually have plans or you want to know what you're like you're, like you actually know what you're doing so if i i think if i was playing football and i told my parents that i'm leaving nigeria to come play football in hungary yeah they might let me do that as at that time of my life because i think they're already seeing that like yeah this is happening and so it wouldn't be of just for education right because uh, yeah i interesting story once i was in the hospital because i had like this appendectomy was it here or back in nigeria back in nigeria i was still in uni so my mom was with me in the hospital and she was reading me like uh an article and then that goes about like this nigerian footballer who didn't go to school his name is Mikel Obi. he used to play for chelsea fc and so my mom was reading the article about him and it's like and Mikel and i can't remember the amount but maybe it was like maybe i would say 350,000 pounds per week. And then she stopped and she went back. Mikel Obi earns 350,000. And then she looked at me. Does it really earn that much? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So I guess like people got more informed and, and that's why parents are trying to like, okay, it's not just, it doesn't just have to be school now. There are still other ways to make like a livelihood. So I guess for my parents then, the only way to make a life was that you have to go to school and get a job. It's still a pretty safe bet. Yeah, actually, I mean, yeah, true, for true. So true. Yeah. From a country true. of over 200 million people, true. there are a lot of boys who play football and not a lot of them are going to end up playing for Chelsea, right? True, true, true. So, yeah, so that, yeah, so... Uh, I'm all for, you know, self-expression and encouraging kids to pursue their passions, but I think the, the professional athlete route is the one with the, you know, all the salmon trying to swim up the river. True. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of the most difficult ones. If, 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 uh, if someone said when they're young, like, I want to be a rocket scientist, I would tell them that, oh, you have a much higher chance of building a rocket and shooting it into space as part of a space agency than actually ever starting for a Premier League football club. All right. Because they only need, you know, 23 players every season, so... But true, true, true. <laughs> Whereas, but so true. And that's why it's, like, really, really interesting back home. Like, for anything, like, if you, like, for example, you go to Lagos now, the, the music instruments. So, for example, now you have a gig and you need a bass guitar. For a place like Lagos, you put out like maybe an Instagram post. Oh, I need a I, I need a bass guitarist based in Lagos. You get like at least two hundred people reaching out to you in like an hour, and then they all come and they all play, and they're like they are all so good. And like so, it's it's that so it's really competitive it's and it's interesting like yeah so yeah so I, I totally agree with you that education is a safe bet and yeah but it's really interesting and that's what makes us and that's why I actually feel good about being Nigerian it's more like uh, we grew up in a place where you just see everyone just trying to get better at what they do because you know you have to like somehow I wouldn't say stand out but you have to find your so you have to keep moving forward in this in this craziness so you have sure. to find your own life and all yeah, that so it's speaking of which speaking yes. of which i yes. i wanted to uh, get you on the show because i know you're leaving uh, uh yeah. you're leaving budapest so uh i had to get you on while you're still relevant <laughs> to the theme of the show yeah. um i think uh based on what what we just discussed uh you know budapest is a pretty chill place Compared yes. to, to Lagos, and yes. uh, but but you're moving. Uh, 
this is not an accusatory question right it's just <laughs> I, i just want to know like uh did you are, are you moving because you don't really like it here or mm -hmm. um or is there's always you know grass is always greener i guess mm -hmm. so if it's um is it like an opportunity based move or where you're like okay with the fish is nice i could imagine myself staying here but something came along or were you like actively like hmm even compared to lagos this place is like not ideal i'll i'll try and <laughs> i'll try and find something better mm -hmm. uh yeah so yeah it's yeah it's been different stages of my life so like yeah i've been so the nigerian no, not like nigerian so what am i saying so oh uh, but for like in budapest i loved I I love living here, so it's more of like, and that's the thing. So um, it's more of like just trying to find, just trying to keep um, uh, growing in like in every area of life, like grow, uh, learn, like grow professionally and grow financially and grow. Uh, that brought about like the moving, not because I wasn't doing that here. So it used to. So for me, at this point of my life now, it's more about like finding meaning so it's more like what do i want to be maybe in five years time am i on the right path at least as i know it's possible that like it's not the right thing to do but what i know now it's what i try to do which seems like it's leading to the path i want so that's what so when i so i stayed here for seven years um i like what has been nice to me so i I love it because it's been good to me. I got to work in two amazing companies in Budapest, two amazing startups. I worked in Prezi, which is an amazing place. And now I'm working in Shepard 3D, which is like this young, innovative, fast, breaking, uh, like it's really, it's a great company. So it's, I don't take it for granted. Like I had the chance to get to learn a lot, work a lot, and met fantastic people here. Yeah, so, and I was living here that long because I found meaning in what I did. So. I, It's 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 really hard. So there are points where I was conflicted. It was more like, oh yeah, the normal struggles. Like, oh, I'm living, uh, uh, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I'm working here. Is this what is this what I should be really doing, or can I should I? But it was more like you just want to find like peace of mind, like to keep going because that's at least that's the way I know to keep going without breaking. And at the same time, you don't uh, want to be too. Just staying, just having like this comfort place where you don't grow. Yeah. So the move, this move for me came from the point where like, I, yeah, I've been here for seven years, and I was like, uh, if it can be better, then why not? Sure. I yeah, and yeah, and like I mentioned, I really loved what I do now, but and I felt like yeah, if I should change jobs, then it should be something abroad, based on like yeah, and when and so I can maybe experience a new city, open my mind a lot more by meeting like. The different people, uh, a new culture, and also finding opportunities which are like better, like yeah. something that seems good. Yeah, that's probably. But I love living here. the person would keep would remain my second home. Like yeah, cool. Well, uh, good answer. We'll let you go. <laughs> you, you passed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have much time left. Uh, so talk to me a little bit uh, about. Uh, We started talking about the band, which we're, we'll, we'll close it out uh, with. Uh, you sent me a song by Burna Boy. Oh yes, uh, called Collateral Damage. And I read in the comments that uh, you know people are jamming to this, but it's also very political message yes. to it. So this one is um, this one is in English. So what was the 
what is the meaning behind this? I mean, Bernard, I was really surprised to find because I've never heard of this guy before. And then you send me this song and I, this guy was at the Grammys. Like he's like breaking, he's not local to Nigeria <laughs> in the big. sense that you would say that the cavemen are representing this True. traditional yeah. style of Nigerian music. Yeah. He's, he's like international relevant star True. now. True. And I'm just an old person who is not in with what's cool anymore. But it uh, mm -hmm. turns out he is very much musically and culturally like globally relevant now so um what is the what is the message behind this song that we're about to play out with and listen to oh yeah so uh the so the song the collateral damage so he, he is just talking about like the things not going well in the country so it's the government is not the best actually it's messed up so the <laughs> so uh, so he was talking about like corruption and how these guys just keep taking the wealth from the country and sharing them among themselves why the, the people, the masses are just uh, suffering and you're not trying to like do what you should do. Like the, so we, we don't even want so much, but the oh, basic okay. things like So the, collateral damage is the rest of us yeah, while, the, uh, yeah, while, the, while the people in power just, yeah, yeah okay. So, so, cool. so yeah, this so, is to yes. anyone listening in Budapest, this is about Nigeria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, and for Bonoboy, I don't know if, so there's this, uh, so he does conscious music at, at the same time. Uh, so the thing is that so for we, we do like a lot of feel good music. So and like yeah, this is a really feel good music. Yeah. But at, at the same time, there was a message to it, and that was something that really helped him grow that fast because he does like conscious music. And I think it came from a place where there's this great I don't know if you know. So there's fella and Nicola Bufti is one of the big. It's like a big Nigerian icon in music, actually in Afrobeats. They had a band. And Bonaboy's mom used to be a dancer for Fela. Uh, Fela, okay. Fela was this big, uh, what's the word now? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what was. So he, he, he spoke a lot about like the things going wrong in the country. And this was like many years ago, maybe like in the 70s. Sure. And still happening. So I think Bonaboy is a big fan of Fela and that's how it came okay. about. And he does similar kind of music. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for putting it in sorry. context. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, yes. Victor, thank you very much. Uh, for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Daniel, for having it, me. It's been yes. great, and uh, yeah, as, I as I see, you keep moving constantly. So good luck in your adventures. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, anytime. Uh, if I ever start to show about <laughs> people <laughs> in a different city, coming from a different city, then uh, I would love to have you on again. And for everyone who listened, and this was uh, the show formerly known as Expat on Tilos Radio, Kilenzonegisaro, and uh, we'll play. Uh, collateral damage by Burner Boy and then there'll be news and some more music and we'll stop talking now uh, thank you everyone and thank you. take care, bye bye